everyone. I'm Catalina and this is the Changemakers podcast, a show exploring the sustainable development goals and highlighting thinkers and initiatives that are working towards achieving the UN's 2030 agenda. Today, my guest is Lenka Homolka, a storyteller and marketer on a mission to help clean tech companies find their rightful spot on the market. She places them as thought leaders and creates their future-proof tales that empowers everyone in making a positive difference in the world. For the last six years, she is guiding companies, NGOs, communities, and policymakers through development, innovation, and implementation of their own inspiring tech tales to bring the bright tale for humanity. She's the creator of GET, a sustainable toothpaste tube made for whole society, not only the green bubble. In today's episode, we discuss clean and affordable energy, what holds us back from employing it, and what are the underlying behavioral patterns of change towards a green and resilient future. Okay, so welcome Lenka to the Changemakers podcast. It's really a pleasure to have you here and discuss together with you the topic of affordable and clean energy, so sustainable development goal seven. And I would like to start this discussion with what does clean energy mean for you and what is the difference between clean and dirty energy? Well, it's a very sunny way of saying that, clean and dirty energy. And my mentor, Julia, she always says, oh, dirty energy, don't say that. It's like for a little kid. It's like, oh, it's dirty, don't do that. But in the end of the day, I believe that there's some way we can see it like this. Because if we would go really down into clean and dirty energy, we would, of course, talk about renewable resources and resources which are made for fossil fuels. And these fossil fuels, they're basically stuck plants altogether holding the energy. They're holding CO2 because they processed it during millions and millions of years, got pressed together, and now they're holding this energy. That's Till now, it's a completely all right and it's a normal process because that's what's happening in nature, the cycles. But the problem is that we took these large amounts of coal and we are using these large amounts of energy and spreading a lot of CO2 in one big moment, in one big crash. And that's exactly where the problem comes with our acts and with the cycle. Because since we are using so much of energy, using so much of CO2, it goes and completely crashes this cycle. And it's not only about the planet getting warmer, it's also about the emissions, what it goes with. So our health is compromised, our monetary systems are compromised, because of course health is expensive. So once of the sudden the households have to pay more, the companies have to pay more on wages, on sickness leaves, and the countries have to pay more for hospitals and treatment of their people. So this is basically the problem of the dirty energy, because it just really costs us a lot. It costs us a lot on health, on our nature, of course, and also on our economy, which we tend to not to talk about that much. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's quite related, I guess, to our sort of economic system that we value, you know, what is cheap or we kind of prefer something that is cheaper in exchange value than, you know, our health and our countries and Mm -hmm. the wellness of our societies. So if fossil fuels are so bad for our environment and for our societies, and we are becoming more and more aware about the impact of fossil fuels on our planet and our society, 
what do you think are the current biggest challenges that are stopping us from, you know, transitioning to clean energy? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very interesting question because funnily enough, I believe it's not that much of the technology as we would expect because, you know, you would just think, okay, we don't have the technology to do that. So this is where the conversation stops and we're going further. But we got to the point where we have all the technology. We know how to do this. We got to the point where the renewable energy is already much cheaper than the fossil fuel energy. So we are able to transit and make more energy in a more efficient and also cheaper way from the economical perspective. But what I believe is holding us back is actually the society. This is something what I've heard from my friend who's running an NGO about climate facts. And he had a talk with one of the biggest energy companies. And the CEO of this company told him, yeah, you know, we know that we are able to do that. We have the technology. But the problem is that the policymakers and the society don't want this. So why, why would we try? Why would we even do this? Why would we care? And this is exactly the point. Because we, as the society, have to show that we really do care, that we really want this kind of an energy. And the policymakers, and I would say even more in this moment, the policymakers have to show that this is something which is valued on the long term by the countries themselves. Yeah, absolutely. This kind of reminds me a little bit with a term that was pointed out to me in this same podcast, I think a year ago, which was environment-centered design, that, you know, in the tech field, especially in startups, we talk a lot about human-centered design, that everything should be around humans, but sometimes Uh humans don't know better, you know, and in this case, many people just, are not aware or don't really want to care about the, the energy itself. But that does not mean that they don't care. You know, we should just continue with the fossil fuels because the right thing in this context is to be more environment-centered. So to really Absolutely. care about our planet long-term. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this brings me to the next question, which is what needs to change in your view, in our economic model, way of thinking to achieve a transition to clean energy? Well, thank you for your point, because what you're saying is very important and kind of gets me into the other side of this coin. Because one thing is what people should express, what they want, but the other thing is what they actually might want, but don't really do, right? It's the same if I would tell you, okay, I'm going to start working out tomorrow. It's the same. I do really want it. I do really want to be fit and healthy. But then there are certain steps I have to make towards this goal. And one of them, and I would say one of the most important one, is to change my habits. Because my day is consisted of certain sequence of habits, certain sequence of routines. And once of the sudden, you, a change maker, want a change for me. And this change is really hard. It's really not easy to make a change. So... What we need to do as the change makers, as policy makers, as the people from the renewable and clean tech companies is we need to show to people that this change is actually easy and we have to help them. We have to make this habitual change as small as possible. And when it comes to the economical perspective, it's actually, I do believe that we are in the moment when we do not have to change too much actually to step to the clean energy because 
our current point of view, which I have to say I'm not really in favor of. It's this infinite need of growth towards the growth which doesn't have an end. It's kind of, yeah, there is a cuckoo in our nest. We don't know why we're doing it anymore. We're just trying to grow, but we don't really know why. So, but even with this point of view, we can really, we really do have arguments for renewable energy. For example, Irina's study showed that GDP is going to grow if you're going to implement the renewable energy. But what I believe is a great moment is that we are now in the after Corona times standing in front of a big challenge and in front of a big chance, a big opportunity. We can take this story of infinite growth, which is going somewhere, somewhere, pack it and remake it. Because this is something was said in the 20th century by one scientist whose name I don't really remember now, but he said, okay, we can't just fight the model we have at the moment. We have to come up with a new model, which is better, and that model is going to make the previous one obsolete. We're just not going to need it anymore. And I believe that, for example, Kate Reverf, she's doing it perfectly. She's making the donut model at the moment. And this circularity, this circles model, is really showing us, okay, people, be better. Because I do believe this is our humanity, this is our nature. We do want to be better, we do want to achieve. But let's achieve to stay within the donut. Let's be better and better in staying within the donut. And I do believe that this is the moment when we can get this. And the stories can help us to get there. The storytelling can help us to get there. Absolutely. I'm also a really big fan of this model. I think it was one of the few books that completely changed my mind. And oh, kind yeah. of opened my mind <laughs> to new possibilities as well. That, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. Why didn't we do this before? <laughs> so talking about the sustainable development goals, I mean, that's actually, I guess, a quite a big step forward for us as humanity, you know, all the countries coming together and kind of discussing the future of our planet and discussing what needs to be done in order for all humanity to, you know, achieve a point where they live happy, where they have access to the basic needs, they have access to health, to education, to water, and so on and so forth. So, in a way, we made a huge step forward by actually having this conversation on a global level. At the same time, in terms of execution, I think there's quite some, I would say, differences across the globe on how much countries actually commit and how much individuals and companies and policymakers commit to actually achieving these goals through policymaking and through business decisions, for instance. So I know that you're currently in the Netherlands, but you are from the Czech Republic. So I was kind of curious, what has been your experience with the sustainable development goals both in the Czech Republic as well as in the Netherlands, what kind of similarities, differences do you see and where do you think these are coming from? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a very funny comparison, absolutely. Well, first what I would say with the sustainable development goals, I'm very happy that we have them because this is exactly the beginning of the storytelling. We gathered people, the opinion makers, the opinion leaders together, the thought leaders, and they came up with a certain task for humanity. They came up with the goals. This is something we really want to achieve as humanity. So this is the beginning. This is the basic of a house we are building here right now. But 
what is a little bit missing, as you told before, is the real stories, which are going to build the walls on it, which are really help to build our common world house. Because, of course, every country has it a little bit different. But, for example, in cleantech, I can really see that there are so many passionate and smart people which are doing great, great things. They are coming up with perfect innovations. But when you start to talk to people from this field, often, and a little bit pity too often, they can't say why they do this. Why They can't say what got them there. And they have difficulties to put it on another people, to inspire the others. So this is where I really believe that we need to help and this is somewhere where we need to do more work to really inspire and when it comes to Czechia and the Netherlands well from my point of view funnily enough the difference is much smaller than I would think because this is kind of a Czech thing oh yeah uh, Czechia and then the rest uh, of the western world is probably gonna be a little bit further but It's not per se the case. There are so many great people in Czechia which are working on uh, sustainable development goals. There are perfect individuals which have so much of work on their shoulders, which already committed so much towards our common goal. And I'm definitely nothing but amazed by their work. What I think is a little bit missing in comparison with the Netherlands is this innovation hub. Because, you know, the Netherlands, it's really the place of the innovation. And the atmosphere, you can really feel it here. People are, people are just ready to make innovations. They are just ready to start building and remaking and applying it on practice. And it's something which is not really that common in Czechia. And that's definitely a pity. But, for example, there's one study, I think two weeks old, when European Climate Foundation asked UI for making a study on shovel-ready projects, which are ready for investments throughout Europe. And these projects were supposed to help to green our future. There are projects which are green and they're gonna help on our investments into the greener future. And funnily enough, the Czech economy had one of the most projects per capita. So, and that really that really mirrors the situation in Czechia and in the Netherlands. In Czechia, we have a lot of great people, great individuals, which are doing a lot. But for example, the government and the policy-making bodies, but especially the government, is not really that supportive, for example, of renewables. And I do really believe there are perfect people also there, But overall, there's a big step to be done. While in the Netherlands, I do believe the support is a little bit further. And of course, when it comes to renewable energy, we in the Netherlands are already further. And I do believe it's all thanks to the fact that the policymaking bodies are supportive, that there is such a big hub and innovation environment but also that the society is a little bit more open to the idea of sustainability. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the part of storytelling, because I think, and I totally agree with you, that stories are really important and powerful 
in changing our thoughts and therefore our actions. So you work a lot with within the field of marketing and storytelling for the sustainable development goals. So why would you say storytelling is important? <laughs> well, storytelling is very important because it inspires us. In short, <laughs> the thing is that we need the stories. We as humans have learned throughout the last thousands of years to read a lot of things written in the words. But what we still process faster are pictures. That's just how our brain works. If I'm going to show you a picture, if I'm going to show you a word, the picture is going to be processed faster. It's going to blink faster and stronger emotion in you. And even with the words, in the end of the day, it's forming in your head into the pictures, into the stories. We also tend to listen to people who are saying things in the stories, not in the clear stats, in the pure stats. Because that's just how our brain works. That's part of our nature. That's part of our humanity. So this is exactly why storytelling is so important, because it just taps on our humanity and it inspires us towards our own acts. And what were some of interesting stories or projects that you did within this field that were kind of inspiring? <laughs> <laughs> well, currently I'm working on perfect project in Czechia with one renewable environmental NGO called Movement Rainbow. Well, this is going to happen within a month. So I can say it now because we are getting together doctors from Czechia and help the renewable energy to get its rightful spot through showing how health is important and that doctors and their patients need this support and we really need to phase out coal. And it's a great project because I'm co-working with amazing people and there are so many inspiring personalities from completely different fields. This is really something which makes my heart to skip a beat because all these people gathered their minds and their knowledge to support something which is intrinsically important to them. But yeah, there's next to this one project which, is, which I'm very proud of is actually a project I came up with together with Adam Ondráček and Jan Petr Michal from Contra Studio, a brand studio in Prague. And it's called GET. It's a green effective tube. It's a toothpaste tube which you reuse for brushing your teeth. And basically, what is really nice and innovative about this toothpaste tube is that there are, of course, toothpaste tubes which are completely without plastic or the tablets. And you just are supposed to put them in your mouth, chew on them and brush your teeth. And I do believe personally it's a great idea. I do support zero waste products and I'm trying that with myself as much as possible. But I had a little problem with that. I really liked it, but I just couldn't do that. I just couldn't. I tried to implement, but it felt so strange to do this. So we thought together how is that possible? And I would say the answer is quite simple. It's because, again, the change in the habit was so big. And brushing our teeth is something which we're doing twice a day, whole life. So we can imagine it's thousands of times we already performed this habit. And because of this, to once of a sudden take out part of this routine and put in another one, it's a really big change. And perhaps it's a little bit too big of a change for our brain to 
actually process. So what we are doing here with GET, we are using the typical toothpaste tube shape and making it reusable so that this change, the behavioral change, is going to be as small as possible. So that as many people as possible are actually going to implement it. And yeah, we, currently we are in the guiltless plastic competition finals with that, held by Rosanna Orlandi in Milano. So uh, cross your fingers for us. Uh, I hope we're going to win that. <laughs> awesome. Best of luck to you. I, I really hope you guys win as well. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like a really cool you. project. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we're kind of approaching almost the end of this interview. And I would like to ask you first talking about stories and talking about inspiration. What is the change that you would like to contribute to in your lifetime? Well, I do really believe that there are many things which I find interesting and I find very important, but I'm very happy that I found myself the place where is my super scare, where is my real ability. And I think this is very important for everyone. So people go especially now, find yourself a mentor, take yourself a time and find what's your superpower. Because it really feels so good to see this, because my superpower is indeed in finding and crafting these stories to bring the bright tales for humanity and for clean tech. So what I really want to contribute is to help clean tech companies to find these bright tales and to inspire people inspire policymakers, inspire other companies to come to one table and actually do something with our situation, to really move towards the more sustainable and resilient community and future. Awesome. And final question, because I would like to, I kind of like to end my interviews with a little bit more call to action, because I know people will be inspired. I know people will like what they hear, but then many times it kind of ends being like, Okay, that was nice. <laughs> what do you think the listeners of this podcast can start doing right away with regards to clean energy, but also maybe with regards to the sustainable development goals in general? Well, when it comes to renewable energy, I think the first step is realization. And that is realization of how funny and tricky our brain can be from time to time. And with this realization, go and search through the companies with the clean energy and you're probably gonna find out that your energy is not clean that's something which i have found out yeah two months ago because you know we were talking about these things and once of a sudden oh what about my energy so just go and switch the company because there's probably already a company in your country which is contributing towards clean energy and electricity is something which we are really using for everything. Right now we are recording this call together via electricity. We are cooking our food on electricity. And electricity is indeed power of our lives. So it's very important people go and switch to more uh, sustainable source of energy. It's going to do a lot. A lot if you're trying to help this planet. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lenka, for this interview and for sharing your thoughts and for sharing your inspiring story for our listeners. I hope that more people will, you know, not only get inspired, but also take immediate action and do something about their own energy. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Catalina. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. 
This was the Changemakers podcast with Lenka Homolka, a storyteller and marketer on a mission to help clean tech companies find their rightful spot on the market. If you like this episode, share it within your community and connect with me on Instagram at change.makers.stories or on LinkedIn. You can find all these relevant links in this episode's description. If you are curious about the sustainable development goals and initiatives that are working towards the UN's 2030 agenda, subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Anchor and don't miss the upcoming episodes. Episodes.